What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to take a bite out of the competition? Are you looking for ideas to make your business better? Welcome to the Core Business Show with Tim G.K. Sponsored by Apple Capital Group. At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of The Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of The Core Business Show, Tim Jacquet. Seconds. Welcome to uh, Blog Talk Radio. This is Tim Jacquet. Uh Today I have three people on the panel that work for uh, three different airlines. Uh, the first one is Jacqueline, who works for another airline. Uh, we have also Tanita, and we have Tabitha. So we just want to welcome them in. Thank you. Good morning. This is Jacqueline. Hello. Okay. If we can just go around the, the room real quick and kind of introduce each other, uh, just say something about yourself and start with Jacqueline, then Tanita, and then uh, Tabitha. Okay. Good morning. My name is Jacqueline, and I am an international flight attendant. I'm starting my 39th year this year. Yay. I have no plans to retire, guys, because every trip at this point in my life is a vacation. Wow. I love it. It's great. It's great. Well, good morning. My name is Tanita, and I'm a domestic flight attendant. I'm starting in my eighth year this year, and uh, I love it. I'm very excited, and hopefully I make it to 39 years like Jacqueline. (laughs) So good morning to everyone. Hi, good morning, everyone. Uh, My name is Tabitha, and I just started my 14th year with an airline, um, and I love it, and I'm a proud member of um, Black Flight Tenants United also, and Jacqueline, congratulations on 39 years, that is wonderful. Thank you so much, and congratulations to you with Black Flight Tenants United, I've been reading about you guys, and uh, your source of communication is absolutely wonderful, and I hope all of you will learn about Black Flight Tenants of America, Incorporated, of which I'm the founder and it is 38 years old, and we promote wow. careers. We promote careers in in aviation to the youth of this great country and abroad. And we have several ongoing calendar of events throughout the year. So you might want to visit our website, blackflightattendants.org, and read about us and come join us. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. We welcome we welcome new and fresh ideas and working together and preparing the next generation of aviation yeah. professionals. Yes, we definitely look forward to working with you guys, definitely. Wonderful. Okay, <laughs> we'll talk about that a little later. I don't want to hold up the show, Tim. <laughs> Great, no problem. Give me a few seconds, and uh, I'm going to talk about the rules. Just give me like a uh, short seven 
second uh, break, and then I'll talk about Apple Capital and talk about the rivers and talk about the agenda for the show. Okay. Okay, again, Tim Jacquet, on the rules for the callers, if you're willing to call in, you can call in at 347-324-3460, 347-324-3460. Or you can go to blog talk radio forward slash Apple Capital, and you will see the, the show appear there as well. Also, you can join us on the chat room. I'm going to launch that right now. And if you want to ask a question, you can call in or you can post your questions in the chat room and I will give it to the panel. Uh, a couple things again. This uh, production is offered as courtesy of Apple Capital uh, for our uh, Share Our Love campaign. Apple Capital is based in Jacksonville, Florida. We are a commercial finance company that specialize in asset-based loans to small to medium-sized businesses. Um, if you're looking for a commercial loan, uh, just uh, take a look at our website, www.applecapitalgroup.com. Uh, additionally, we have a daily blog for small business owners that will talk about how to start, how to market, how to grow, and how to finance your business. This episode can be found on Block Talk Radio at any time, or you can tune in to iTunes, uh, Podcast Store, Podcast Pickle, Feed, podcast feed, or our Apple Capital Group website. Your show will be 60 minutes long. If you call in, we ask you to turn off your radio uh, so we won't have a background echo. And to ask one question, we put we will put you on hold uh, to allow anybody else who has a question to answer as well. Um, also, we encourage you to uh, chat amongst one another, or you can also chat in with me, and again, I will pass your information on. Again, for security issues, we will not talk about FAA rules. We will not talk about anything about the union. Uh, we won't talk about airline procedures. And we just will use the first names of uh, our guest panel. Uh, we won't refer to their last name. Uh, pretty much what is a conversational piece. And uh, we just talk about how to become a flight attendant, how to apply, how to conduct, uh, what to expect, what your first day in training is going to be like. Uh, the first six months, the career, family, anything else, the panel, or you would like to talk about. Again, let's you know, take a deep breath real quick, and good morning, all three of you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I know that as a little girl, you guys haven't thought about how to become a flight attendant. I mean, it's just as I was explaining yesterday uh, to one of the members, and I said, well, I would see that this particular job is – being at a five-star hotel. It's something that a lot of people don't know a lot of people who's uh, involved in the airline and maybe know, you know, a ticket account agent, but actually this is like a an unknown uh, type thing. And I just want you to kind of share your experiences. Now, where do you go to become a flight attendant? And uh, personally speaking with you, you didn't think about this in high school. How did you get into this very beginning? I guess we're going to start with Jackie. What discerned you to become a flight attendant? When I was younger, I my very first plane ride cost ten dollars. Wow! Unbelievable. And it was from <laughs> Los Angeles to San Jose. I was going to visit some of my uh, high school friends that had gone to college there. I couldn't believe how inexpensive that was. 
but uh, I guess at the time it was probably very expensive for a young college student. But it was interesting to watch the flight attendants on the airplane, how they interacted with the passengers and how compassionate they appeared to be. And I think that was the first thought. I had really never thought about it prior to then. Also in the area that I grew up in, uh, there's a, a very big street that extends for many, many miles, and that street happens to be the landing strip that you fly over where you get ready to land. And we used to sit down outside in the summertime and watch these airplanes just fly over, and I just wondered, wow, who's up there? Where are they going? How do you build that? It was just kind of exciting, but I really, really didn't have a great interest. It grew on me as as I experienced travel and experienced a little more information about these airplanes and how they operated and and what made it come together as a – as a big machine in the air without falling. <laughs> Real. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> wow, so what about you, Tanita? Uh, well, my experience, one, uh, my parents were divorced, so I was one of those unaccompanied minor travelers a lot. And I um, I always enjoyed, the flights were always so nice to me and very nurturing and taking care of me, making sure that I got to where I needed to go. And, and the rules have changed a lot now, but they were still just, like, there for me from the time I got on the plane to even if my mother was late picking me up or anything. And they just had such a kind, nurturing spirit. And I was like, oh, my gosh, they're so nice. And, and then also my mother, she always encouraged traveling, so we traveled a lot. So I would see them a lot and interact with them, and I was just like, it was just fascinating to me. And I was thinking, I, I would love to do that one day. So that's kind of how I was uh, really exposed to it. But it was more or less my younger traveling and having that flight attendant there for me. Wow. And I know you were actually with a, the airline for a while before you think you're working in the regular office and you all of a sudden you decide to take this route. Uh, so you were with the airline you're with right now for a like seven years or eight years, and then decide to become a flight attendant? Uh, yes, I've been with the airline industry, um, same company, for 17 years. Um, like I said, I've been flying, I'm going into my eighth year now. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Thanks so much. Um, I initially started out right after college. Um, I started in the reservation center. I did that for a year. Then I went to their headquarters, and I started um doing some programming technology type things. But it's always just been in my heart and desire to fly. So once that opportunity became available and they encouraged, you know, in, um, hiring internally, I was like, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to try it. I'm going to do it. And I have no regrets. I loved every position that I had with the company, and it is an experience to know different areas of the company, especially doing this job. You get to see, you know, how the other part works as well. And um, but I realize now I am a face of South. Uh, I'm sorry of the airline industry. <laughs> I am a face for them because things have changed so much. Uh, people they book online, they uh, check in online. So we're the faces for the companies that we work for. So it is a strong customer service. That's not the only thing we do, but it is a strong customer service as well. So and I enjoy that. Wow. And what about you, Tapasa? Um, 
I think I I got into it because as a child I always um, loved traveling. I was always asking my mom and dad to send me to visit family in different states. And um, as I got older, it just increased by traveling on my own with friends um, through high school, through college. And so my mom, um, of course, at a certain age, you know, I was kind of confused about what I wanted to do in life, um, going through different jobs. And my mom came to me one day and she suggested that I try um, – being a flight attendant because I love to travel so much. And it always helps to, like, do something that you love. So um, I um, I tried my – I, you know, went to different interviews for different companies and finally landed with one, and I love it. I get the chance to see places I probably never would have, and um, I just really like it a lot. Wow. So if a person who's looking at this industry – thank you, all three, for your comments – if a person looking to uh, uh, coming out of high school or coming, you know, from a second career or in their twenties, who want to go take a look at it, so just they just log into the website and look for careers and jobs and and apply. Uh, that's pretty much how you do it. I think if you're yeah, pretty much everything is go ahead done online. Um, you can search different carriers and. Um, go to their career area, but a lot of it is done online. Okay. As far as the applying process, yes. Okay. Are they uh, uh, in applying for it? Do you get a fast response, or it can be like months later before someone even get back with you? Um, sometimes it can it can take a while um, for them to get yeah. back to you, and they is. They go through a lot of applications online, and from all those applications, they pick someone. You know, they'll pick you and they'll call you. But the process is, um, I know when I went through getting hired, I went to an open house. They used to have open houses at different hotels, but, of course, since, like Tanita said, everything is online now. So um, they don't have those open houses until they pick um, a group of people that they want to actually see. And then you go to the house, and you go through a series of interviews. It's a process. And I think wow. we, yeah. it's important to mention uh, what an open house is because uh, a lot of our, our listeners probably don't know that an open house is, uh, for a better word, it's a cattle call. And <laughs> they're made, right? Am I right, ladies? Yeah. Say, for example, the interview takes place at a hotel, just as you mentioned, and it's an they're, they're, the respondents um, have read, say, an advertisement in the, say, the L.A. Times or somebody told them that they're interviewing uh, for flight attendant positions at such and such a hotel. And to show mm-hmm. up, there's a morning session, there's an afternoon session, and you get there and you literally see hundreds of people wrapped around the building wow. waiting to get mm-hmm. inside for this big, big interview. And you walk in and there might be, a hundred people in there, or fifty people in there, and then they wee you out. You go through a series of, of interviews, but I, I'm not a recruiter. I'm not an interviewer, but I have friends that have done that and are doing that in the industry, and they share those experiences with me. So I just think it's important for the listeners to know that <laughs> that open house is really a big, big. Uh, and it can be a little intimidating too. So you it can be very that. intimidating. <laughs> But yeah, I just I wanted to throw that out there. So, <laughs> it, so 
and you know, I, I guess it's like any other job, but this is a little bit more than any other job. They're actually looking for, uh, you're actually auditioning for a role, but it sounds like. It's not like, hey, I'm, I'm uh, applying for this office job, I'm applying for this executive job. You have a lot of competition, and you need to come with your A game. That's what I'm hearing. Definitely. Well, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. You know, also, but but don't you agree, ladies, that most that are standing in that line don't have a clue of what the job is about? No, they have yeah. no idea. They have no idea <laughs> at all. I they mean, have no idea. So how? Yeah. I guess the question is, how do you do your homework? How do you prepare yourself? Absolutely. I mean, how how do you mentor someone and say, listen, if this is something you think you want to do? You need to do your homework. You need to go online. You need to read about it. You need to understand right. the job description, the uh, application process, prepare yourself for the interview, and how do you get hired? Right. I also think um, when they do um, at the at the open houses or cattle calls, <laughs> when you do go, so, um, I think most airlines, they look for you to be personal and they want you, you know, they want you to know how to how you interact with others in the room. Um, you actually stand up. I mean, when I went, I had to stand up and I read um, out of the announcement book. You have to give um, an experience that you've had um, in customer service. Um, and also, when getting hired, it's best. Sometimes it's best to have a referral from someone that you know in the industry. To me, sometimes it's, I've had two people get hired from, you know, using me as a referral. So That, that is helpful. And yeah, I, and also, saying that um, people that are interested, if you do know someone, they are your biggest resource. They're your biggest resource. Talk to them. Get a clear understanding because the lifestyle is completely different. And a lot of people don't realize it is totally <laughs> It is different. It's not the typical nine to five. You have the scheduled lunch. You get to get off work and pick up the dry cleaner. Your entire life has to be organized and planned for work as well as your off days. So, um, you know, use your resources. If you know a flight attendant, talk toward uh, or talk to him. Drill them. Ask them the questions of you know just kind of your everyday life because it is a a lifestyle change. And you also have to have a good support team. Um, not only is it a lifestyle change for you, but it's a lifestyle change for your family and your friends. So you, you need to make sure that they understand what you're getting into as well and, and that they're going to be able to support this different lifestyle that it is. That was good. I agree. Great. Yeah, I agree with that. Great. Question on how to do your research. Do you go to particular websites, kind of guide us through that process? Hey, I'm, I'm looking at it. Where do I go? I can go okay. to Wikipedia.com. Any other places I can go to research up? Oh, I'd like to respond to that, please. This is Jacqueline. You can go on any airline's website and click on um, jobs or human resources to find uh, current openings for flight attendant positions. And you will probably see a series of questions. There's usually ten. And... Um, they're all designed to uh, narrow down the pool of potential applicants. So you have to be careful how you answer the questions. But just don't say no. You have to say yes to everything. Otherwise, you will be rejected. And maybe right. a typical question might be, are you willing to relocate? Meaning, are you willing to leave where you live and go live somewhere else and work this job? And you say, you mean I have to stop and give up my family and 
go away and work and leave them behind? Well, yes, but it won't be that way forever. You just have to pay a little dues and go and work, and eventually you get to be, you'll get to transfer back to where your family is or somewhere in the area or somewhere that's commutable. But you've got to answer the questions. You have to be honest because if you say no, then you aren't serious about the job. And something else they may ask you is, are you willing to work weekends and holidays? And are you willing to work uh, any time within the 24-hour clock? And your answer has to be yes. And if you say no, the computer is going to kick you out of the system and you will never, ever hear from the airline. Wow, that's that's a, some really good information. So when you say relocate, or you're saying I've heard this myth called crash pass, or you're saying that you were just starting in another city, or you just a moved the entire family. Can you kind of uh, one of you can kind of explain how that Ladies, relocation works? Well, um, go ahead, Pat. You want to try? Uh, I, I can. Um, I am a commuter, so okay, <laughs> um, I haven't. Okay, this is Tanita, and um, I commute, and I've been doing it the entire time that I've been flying. So uh, you don't necessarily have to relocate your entire family, but there is an expectation from you to be where you need to be in your domicile when you're scheduled to be there. So, like I was talking about planning earlier. If you're going to commute, <laughs> you definitely have to be a planner because <laughs> uh, you not only are um, having to fly to work, you're flying standby to work. So, you know, you may see several flights go by without you <laughs> and you need to get to work for the next day. So you have to be a strong planner. If you don't want to move, okay, it is an option, but you're going to have to make some real sacrifices and some super planning. Crash pads, I've done that. I've done the hotel. And it's basically just a, a shared apartment or a shared house with other flight attendants. And you're just sharing the entire house. You have a bed. Some places, um, it's like you're you know, you may have a couch. <laughs> it, it varies. It's just like, kind of like how much you want to pay to get whatever it is that you need and, and different things. But you, you're basically just sharing. You pay a, a standard fee, $150 or whatever the case may be to have a place to go after your trip or before your trip to prepare yourself to start. It makes sure that you're it, – it allows you the opportunity to be in that city to prepare yourself to start in your domicile. So you okay. have a place to kind of live mm-hmm. for that. But, um, you okay, can't so do it without re- relocating your whole family. You just have to be a planner. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> right. so you have a, a domicile and you just, like, you just have roommates and you just room all together and – when it's time for you to report to work, you get there earlier or stay the night before, or you at least have a place to stay. Kind of explain what's domicile. Yeah. Um, domicile is basically like where you're based. Um, so where you report to work. Where you report for work, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So where, domicile I mean, is the airline term. It just, just means that's just where you report to work. What city <laughs> you uh, report to work in. Okay, so I, I like I live on the West Coast and I work on the East Coast. So I have right. to leave I have to leave and go and stand by for a flight and stand by <laughs> means all the people that have a full fare ticket uh get on before me. <laughs> and depending on your seniority, how long you've been in the industry that allows you to get on first or maybe even last 
or even not at all. So you need to have a backup. Uh, you know, as yeah. the lady said, you have to have planning. You have to really plan your how are you going to get to work? How how are you going to be on time? Because this job, you you must be independent. You've got to be on time. You have to be responsible. Exactly. And you got to get there. And no yeah. one is, you know, it's like if you get in your car and you're driving to the office and you're one minute late. And as my husband says, the airplanes don't wait for you. They leave on time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thought. So just to recap, when you domicile, for example, you in on the West Coast, say San Francisco, and but you're a domicile out of D.C. That's mean you had to take a flight uh, to, all the way to D.C. to start your shift. That's right. And I'll and, give you a perfect. I'll give you a perfect example. I have a trip this Tuesday, the tenth, to mainland China. Now to get to work on time. I have to commute on the red eye. Those of you listening that don't know what the red eye is, that's the <laughs> airplane that leaves around midnight, and uh, you're trying to keep your eyes open because uh, you should be sleeping normally. Normally you're in your bed, so that's your eyes get red because uh, normally you're, you're sleeping. But in this instance, no. you're on your way to work, or you might be working during that time, and you have to stay awake. So we call it the red eye. So I take the red-eye flight from the West Coast to the East Coast, and I take a nap for about two hours, and then guess what? I go get myself cleaned up and get ready to go and work my trip to China. Wow. Wow, that's really interesting. Okay, great. Now, when you talk about now you have uh, given your call, and now the next step is when you go, like you mentioned, do the counter call. But when you go there, how should you dress? How should you look? How should you act at that first initial interview? Hmm. I would say dress the part. I know when I went, I actually wore a navy suit. My hair was pulled back in a neat ponytail. You know, I I like dress the part. Well-groomed yeah. appearance is vital. I mean, no body tattoos and arts and right. body piercing, gum chewing, eating. Perfume, cologne, no smoking before you interview. You have to speak clearly. You cannot use slang. And you've got to maintain an eye contact and have a natural smile. You've got to be sincere and express your people skills. Because that's, that's the part that you want to get across to the person that's, that's listening to you, that's paying attention to you. And you want them to know that you can accept the responsibilities given to you once you've completed your training. And, yes, you do have to dress to impress these. And the best way to do that is just to wear an acceptable business attire. Everybody knows what that is. Right. So Be very conservative. Very conservative. Ultra conservative. Ultra conservative. So you talk Ultra conservative. I mean, yeah. from the head to the toe. You exactly. know, like, like the lady said, your hair has to be turned back and guys have to have a clean shave, you know, a mm-hmm. decent haircut. And um, for... People of color, they really don't want you coming in with braids and dreads. And right. It's not the time for that. You have to come in looking very conservative, and that's what they're looking at. They, they are looking at your appearance from your head to your toe, so you can't wear any open-toe shoes, no sandals, and you just have to dress like you were going to the office. Okay, but beyond, more, beyond Sunday's best. Beyond Sunday's yeah, dress, Sunday's dress. <laughs> without, without no, all suits, the jewelry. no yellow suits, 
<laughs> no, no, dark. Dark, dark, dark colors. Dark colors. Navy blue, black, no yes. big earrings, no jewelry. Uh, simple. Simple, elegant simple. for the ladies. Yeah. Okay. And very gentlemanlike for the guys. Right. Gentlemanlike for the guys. Great. Okay. What kind of questions do they ask you during this initial re- interview? Anybody want to share? Um, well, they'll ask you um, different questions to kind of see how you would handle an emergency. Um, mm-hmm. they, they're going to ask you something that's going to show that you're pretty quick on your feet. Um, teamwork questions, see how you are as a team player, because crew coordination is, like, extremely important to be a flight attendant. So they want to ask you something that's going to relate to that. So, um Emergency. Yeah, they ask. Um, yeah, they ask. Um, they also ask you why you want to be a flight attendant. Oh yeah, absolutely. You have to be prepared to answer that question. <laughs> well, a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't even know. A lot of applicants right. don't even know um, the benefits until they get into the industry, or unless they know mm-hmm. someone that's in the industry that has shared some stories with them. But. Um, mm-hmm. There's just so much to learn. The benefits, the advantages, the opportunities are are endless. You connect with the world. You connect with many different people, different languages, different cultures, different customs, day-to-day living and working, uh, right down to the foods and the currencies of different countries. It's it's an awesome experience. Great. Let's take a a break for a second. It's half past the hour, and then we're going to elaborate about opportunities and and beyond that. So let's take a listen to you, a two-minute break real quick and give you a chance to uh, to smoke, drink water, whatever you need to be. So we're going to listen to uh, Corpus Christi uh, Choir from Corpus Christi Jazz Ensemble singing Blue Skies. Uh, two-minute break. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Great. That's uh, Corpus Christi Choir, um, jazz ensemble from Corpus Christi, Texas. Okay, let's go ahead and continue with our conversation um, about the opportunities. Um, what's an opportunity uh, of being a fly, fly attendant? Anybody want to elaborate? Hello. Hey, everybody back? I am. This is Jacqueline. I'm back. Hey, Jacqueline. Okay. Um, I guess we just go ahead and elaborate what we talked about just before the break, uh, talking about the opportunities okay. we left off. Anybody want to share? A lady? Mm-hmm. I'll be last. <laughs> because I fly international, I have so much to share. Well, one question. Um, I guess an opportunity, I guess. Uh, I know I've been on a carrier, uh, and... They're always teasing about, hey, you marry us and you'll fly free. Is that really true? Yes, it is. It really is. It really is true. In fact, oh, there wow. used to be a there used to be a T shirt that yes. uh, was sold in the company stores and it says, Marry me, fly free. Yeah. Well, actually, the first Stand few by. years I mean, it depends on the airline that you work for because every airline has their own rules. When you get to a certain point, like with my airline, once you've worked for 10 years, then you do fly for free. But under 10 years, you pay just a little bit of money to travel. And that benefit is extended to your spouse and your children and your parents. Oh, wow. For most airlines. So, yes, that is true. And then after a certain amount of time, after the 10 years, you can fly, say, for my airline, domestically for free. And after 25 years, you can fly internationally for free. And when you retire, you have the same benefits. Wow. Um, yeah. At our airline, you, um, my my mom and dad um, do pay a little fee, but if they fly with me, um, they can fly for free. And also, we get to add we get to add someone every year to fly free with us if we're not married. Right. So if I'm not married, right? So I can add someone every year to travel with me for free. And I believe after 25 years, we get a, um, a pass to fly free for the rest of our lives at our airline. Exactly. Yeah. Is, that's the same with, with ours. Now, a question real quick as an opportunity. Uh, when you fly for free, I think one airline you can fly after, after you're saying after 10 years with your particular airline, then your spouse can fly for free other than that they pay a minimal cost. Uh, that's what I'm hearing? Yes. Okay. And it extended to the parents. Any particular reason why they extend to the parents? You're talking about your immediate, like, mom and dad? Yes. Your immediate mom and dad. Um, And some airlines will allow you to select um, another parent. Say your parents are deceased and you have a step-parent. They uh, may allow you to add them as a pass writer. It's a great benefit, and it's it's a perk. It, in fact, it's the biggest perk uh, other than seniority <laughs> in the airline industry, and we, we love it. We, we respect it. Wow. So it is a benefit. It's a uh, fringe benefit, not to take for granted. It's just something that they're giving you as courtesy, but they can always give it and take it away from you individually uh, if something happens. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, there are certain that? guidelines that you okay. need to do. Uh, 
abide by in traveling on those perks. But, oh, I see. I got you. Um, I understand. Yeah, you just need to abide by the guidelines, and they, they give you all the information. But it, it is a great advantage that uh, I enjoy, yeah. and my family, my parents, and they've enjoyed it for years. So, yeah, that's and one of the perks. But, and and, and another another perk is that we are also allowed to travel on other airlines. You know, yeah, like oh, the yeah. three of us here that that fly for different airlines, I'm certain that our the three of our airlines have an agreement with each other that will allow their employees and their immediate family to, when I say immediate family, your parents and your children, to also mm-hmm. travel on that airline. And so mm-hmm. that's that's wonderful. And that's a great way for, for flight attendants to network and meet with each other, too, from yeah. other airlines, by traveling on other airlines. Okay. Um, we have a caller in a few seconds. Uh, before I take the caller, uh, can you talk about the training itself? Um, what's involved when they accept you? You say, yes, I, uh, I want this job, and they give me, offer you this job. What's your first day of training, and what's training is really like? Um, oh, training for me was six weeks. Um, I kind of was. When I got hired, we were rushed into a training class. They were trying to get a training class in in like two weeks. So I did five interviews in one day. I did a drug test in one day. And that night I got called to go training in two weeks. So my first day was meeting all the other trainees in the hotel lobby and pairing up with roommates. You had to have a roommate. Fortunately for me, I was on a I was on a flight with a young lady, so when me and her checked into the hotel together, we requested to be roommates. So the first day was basically getting to know everybody else, um, getting to know your trainers, and um, learning what to expect um, for the whole six weeks you were in training. Okay. Uh, mine, uh, this is Tanita. Mine um, was pretty much the same. Ours is four weeks, and uh, it's very intense. Um, a lot of information in a limited amount of time. So um, I, it, it just required a lot of discipline and dedication. And like she said, the first day was pretty much getting to know one another. I had a roommate as well, but mine was already pre-assigned. They kind of grouped you together according to your age at that time when I did mine. And prior to my training, I did three interviews. So kind of backing up to that, to the callers that are listening, um, you may it's not it's usually not just one interview. You have like a group interview, a one on one interview. There's several different interviews and processes before they offer you the position. And then once you're in training, just be dedicated because it's a lot of dedication and discipline. So, and you will be sharing a room. I think most airlines do that. I can't say you will, but I did that as well. I shared a room with someone. Okay. Uh, let's take a caller real quick. Um, caller, are you on the air? Hello? Am I on the air? You're on the air. Hello. Well, Hello. Uh, uh, yes, uh, I am trying to find out if there are any support organizations uh, with which you may be familiar once you become a flight attendant. So the question is, if any support organizations for you to do your research or just support organizations to to do your, do your research, I'm, I'm hearing correctly? Yes. Okay. I'll put you on hold so they can answer this. Someone can pick up thank the you. question. Okay. Thank you for calling. 
Anybody want to answer that one? Um, I would I'm not like to sure I understood and support group for once he I, prior well, I, to the job. <laughs> I think he meant a support group. Is there a support group uh, out there that can perhaps mentor or encourage or help someone up, go through the application process of how to become a flight attendant? Uh, that's what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I, I mentioned to you at the very beginning of, of the, sh the show that the organization of which I'm a founder has such a program in process where we actually prepare you for an interview. We walk you through the the uh, entire process. In fact, I think uh, I provided something to you in writing okay. uh, that a group of us put together, and among that group that put it together were some flight attendants that are actual recruiters slash interviewers. Okay. They, all of us together help prepare this um, information packet for anyone that calls or that expresses an interest in applying. Great. Uh, we'll put that on the website, but if you can show your website where they can get that information, if you mind. I don't mind at all. Okay. Uh, your website address that has that? Website address is blackflightattendants.org. Great. Okay. Now let's take the uh, question from the second caller. Okay. Carly, you're online. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Welcome. You're on the air now. You, you can ask your question. Oh, yes, hi. Um, actually, I'm actually a flight attendant as well. My name is Terrence Harmon. I want to hey, get Terrence. Kudos. Yes, this is Terrence. Hi, how are hi, you? Hi, Terrence. Good morning, hi. Terrence. Good, Good morning, morning. How are you? <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Fine, thank you. I'm, Whatever time zone you're well, actually, I want to give kudos to the ladies that's on the panel. I think you guys are doing a, a great job. This is really a good forum in terms of allowing people to see our industry. Um, I just wanted to say it's great to also have men in the industry. I'm a male flight attendant as well. Um, and I think so many of us guys think that it's, it's kind of bad to be a flight attendant. And it's actually a, a good thing to be a flight attendant. You're able to go to destinations that you would never otherwise think of going, and also you can continue school and do other things as a, a business owner as well. Wow. That's correct. Flexibility. Yes, yeah. correct. Excellent. Correct. Thank you. Thank you for that input. Thank you, Terrence. Okay. And the okay. listeners no do need to know that. Okay. okay. No problem. Okay. Thank you. Go ahead, Terrence. Oh, no, no. I was saying thank you, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. A question on, uh, you, we talked about your first day, um, a bit, uh, you, you share a room with someone for six weeks of training. Is that the same for all three airlines you all with, that training is six weeks or two months? Um, some are different. Mine's, um, at my airline, it was six weeks. I okay. think Tanita said hers was four weeks. Yes. And my airline was al almost was six and a half weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. And I, I think it has a lot, excuse me, I just want to say I think it has a lot to do with how many airplane? How many different kinds of airplanes uh, the airline uses uh, for you to work on? Right. Yes. And because that extends the training, because each airplane takes uh, quite a bit of time to learn about. So if you work for, say, a large a large airline, a major major airline that has maybe seven or eight different types of airplanes, then the training is going to be extended because it takes 
a longer time to learn about them. Yeah. Okay, great. And um, what can a person... And I have one thing to say. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, as far as our training, just in case there's any callers out there, um, when we train, I don't know about the other ladies, ours was, was weekends as well. So we were away from our home for four entire weeks, and we trained on weekends as well. So we still didn't get to go home. So That's right. just in case anyone is wondering, oh, okay, every day, and then I can no go break. home and visit. No. <laughs> no, it was the entire time. <laughs> right. Wow. Hey, I have a question real quick. Do they give, I know some airlines, they uh, have, like, singing. Uh, they sing on the plane. They tell jokes on the plane. Is that covered in training? No. <laughs> no, no. Training is, no. Training is very serious. It, it's all yeah. about business, the business of the airlines. I mean, you're learning yeah, about absolutely. security, safety, evacuations, uh, airline uh, medical emergencies. It has nothing to do with, with fun stuff. It's all very serious. Till you get out there on, as we call it, on the line, up and down uh-huh. that airplane line, <laughs> then then you can apply a personality with a big right. smile. Okay. Absolutely. But yeah. the training, very the training is, is none of that. It's, it's very, very intense, as, as everyone has indicated. Yeah. So a pro- usually right after training, probationary period of, what, six months or a year? Depends on the airline. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, when I first started flying, it was uh, it was six months, but I think now it's, it's is it about a year, ladies? Would you say? I think we just had a class come out in the spring, and theirs was six months. Theirs yeah. is still six ours, months. Yeah, yeah. Ours is six months also. So. Yeah. Okay. Just expect a probationary period. So. Okay. Any carrier. Great! Wow. Um, and. Uh, you know, I've seen, uh, what do you guys think about, and I'm going to add Terrence back on the line as well. Uh, I know that uh, ABC has a local show and uh, that's on the air right now. It's Pan Am. What do you think of that series? Do you think it's realistic? <laughs> uh, and also, I'm going to talk about Virgin Airlines. They had one last year as well. Um, anybody want to comment on those two shows? You can be um, no. It's just realistically. That's what I'm trying to get at. Uh, uh, Go ahead. I can't speak on Pan Am because I haven't seen it, but um, I did have a friend of mine that I, that used to fly with me. She um, sent me a text message after watching the show, and she said, um, "She said Pan Am don't have nothing on flight attendants these days." <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I don't know how true that was because I never watched it. Um, I would have to agree with that text. <laughs> well, well. I- I can say this, Terrence speaking. I I have watched maybe one or two episodes, and I couldn't continue watching it because I couldn't relate to anything that was going on. I can it it, it reminded me of being at work because the whole plane aspect of being on the plane, interacting with with passengers. But I came in at a time where I wasn't. We don't fly with the the cockpit door open, and you can't just stand right. in the aisles. You can't just um, come up mm-hmm. to flight attendants in their their working space and do the things that they do on there. So I I personally have to turn it. So I could say I I would agree with the text as well. <laughs> okay, this is Jacqueline, and you know I've been flying for almost thirty nine years, so you know I have some comments about this. <laughs> on, on, the, on the serious side, on the serious side, when Pan Am started out, just as some of the other major airlines, uh, let's say thirty five, forty years ago. 
those uniforms were really intact. You really did have to be that small. You really did have to dress to the T. And the cockpit door was open. Yes, this was all before 9-11. And if it wasn't open, it wasn't closed completely. And those ladies in the Pan Am series, number one, the, the first episode, when they were sipping the uh, champagne or the wine back in the day, flight attendants did do that so they would know what it tasted like. And then when the ruling came out with drug and alcohol testing, well, that cut that real quick because randomly we are drug tested when we get off a flight and sometimes when you're going to a flight. And if you test positive, guess what? You're fired. You don't have that job anymore. So uh, I understand what all of you are saying, but I, I just want you to know that there was a time when a lot of the things that they did in the first two episodes of Pan Am were pretty accurate. Wow. Well, um, well actually, that's that's a good point that you did bring up as well, uh, um, Jackie. Um, things have been changed in terms of drug testing because sometimes when you when you land, when you open that door, sometimes it's a guy standing outside with a lab coat and he has a note for you, and you have to get off the plane and go take your drug test. That's right. Right then and there. That's so, true. So definitely, if you are trying to be a flight attendant, you definitely don't want to be involved with drugs or, or friends with drugs because we're looked at in a different light. Um, it's sort of like where it's sort of like you know when you were in school, you had teachers, and you never see that teacher in the grocery store. Right. You never see that teacher. You never saw him you know, in the, the movies. Exactly. You never <laughs> see the teacher right. do, do that. So flight attendants, you have to have a certain standard um, as well. You can't hang with the wrong crowd. You can't be seen doing certain things because it will come back. It will come back on you. It, it you really will. Even, so you have to you, be careful. Exactly. You can't even go in a bar or a liquor store in your uniform. Correct. I mean, it's, right. it's sacred. Correct. No, you can't. And also, I'd like to mention to the listeners out there something that we haven't mentioned. If you have a criminal background, don't even bother to apply because you will be dropped immediately. You know, yes. so yes. a criminal background, drugs, um, they're just all a no-no. It's not the job for you. You well, won't get hired and you won't last. Well, even with the criminal background, most applications say within the past 10 years, but they go back further than that. So don't assume just because, oh, hey, I did this 12 years ago, that you'll be okay. You I'm actually sure. won't be okay because they go back for your entire life. They really do. Yes, I agree with you. Yes. Okay. A question, yeah. Okay. Question real quick. Is it uh, any foods a person should avoid as well? Uh, I'm sure during the initial screening, uh, they probably ask someone to take a test or uh, initial hiring. Is there certain foods I heard that poppy seeds is one form of food you should not uh, take is that true? Um, well, I would I would have to disagree with that because even if you do take poppy seeds, um, for example, if you have a McDonald's burger and have poppy seeds on it, you go take a drug test. They have labs now that they can determine the difference between uh, foods and poppy seeds versus uh, physical drugs. So I I would have to disagree with that. In the past, that would be a true statement, but now with modern technology. No, definitely. Yeah. You can. They can distinguish between the difference of that. Okay, great. Um, talking about as a long-term career, I'm sure you guys are going to be doing this for long-term career. Have any of you 
uh, have decided, okay, I'm going to become a pilot in my next stage of life, or are you pretty much going to be a flight attendant to the end, to retirement? Um, I actually, this is Tabitha, I actually um, was just telling someone that had I known, you know, when I first started flying, had I thought about it then, I would have done it because I actually ran into a first officer that used to be a flight attendant with me, and now she's the first officer on the on on our airline. So, I you know I wish I had thought about it um, when I first started flying to go and try to get my pilot's license because um, I probably would have enjoyed being a pilot also just as much as being a flight attendant. It's not too late, Capita. You can still do it. <laughs> Definitely, I I, I agree, keep, Jackie. Keep hope alive. Listen, uh, there are there are many many flight attendants out there that are now pilots. And I have learned that in my travels, but I've also learned it with the aviation organizations uh, that I'm affiliated with. And when we meet annually at these national conventions together, you meet a lot of female pilots and male pilots that are former flight attendants. So that's a great support team right there that uh, everyone out there needs to know about. And even those of us that are still in the industry that are interested in it's not too late. So, Tabitha, you can go back. You can go to school. <laughs> and there's an or, there are organizations out there that will help you get into pilot training. Okay. Even, even, even our company, uh, Jackie, all of our companies will also stand behind you and support you on that as well. But for myself personally, I think I would the opportunity to be a pilot would be um would be great. However, I would like to remain a flight attendant because that would take away from me interacting with the passengers and other flight attendants because once that door is closed, you're closed off from everyone. I like the interaction and the bonding and being personable with um the passengers as well as the other flight attendants, gate agents, rampers. I just like that whole aspect of it. It's very exciting for me. So I would have to say I would remain just, you are just a multitasker. Hey, hey, hey. I want to be like you, Jackie. 39 years in the business, I want to still be there. It's a vacation. I keep telling you that. It's a vacation. It's not work. Well, actually, that's true. This job is one big vacation. But, one big but, vacation. But aside from that, we're very, very serious. We're very serious, you know, and the rules that we – that hereby is not it's not by us or the company. We have guidelines we have to follow. So it's just know that whenever passengers are traveling with us, don't think we're we're picking on you. It's we have to follow guidelines as well. We have to be very serious and stern about that. So I would like to say that. Well, I just like to add Care that for your safety. Yes, yes. I, I just want to say that also. It's it's important that. Everyone know that our job description is really important. We really do have to ensure passenger security. We have to attend to medical emergencies on board the airplane. And, you know, it, it's the most important, responsible uh, part of our of our profession. And I'd like to say if anyone out there is really interested in knowing um, about the seriousness of this job and why we're trained to carry out our responsibilities, we suggest that they research the NTSB. That's the National Transportation and Safety Board. And you will find out exactly what the responsibilities of flight attendants really are. I mean, it's a lot of fun, but it's a very, very serious job. Because when, yeah. when that cockpit door is closed, 100% responsibility is on you. 
and whatever is going on, if it's safety, if it's security, if it's uh, medical, we are the ones in charge. We have to take care of it right away. So if a person is going through a medical emergency or having a heart attack, you guys are the front line. You're the only people is there to actually help that passenger. Initially. Yes, okay. initially, yeah. Initially. We do have um we do have um a phone aboard the aircraft where we can contact um a company called Medlink that kinda helps us out. And we also, you know, we ask on the aircraft if there's anyone that is a doctor or a nurse that can help us out. But initially it's it's the flight attendants that are the first to report to the medical. And that's where our training comes in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's the serious part. A couple other questions real quick. Um, for the uh, the person who gets panicky attack, you know, some people don't like flying. Have you ever been to experience, how do you calm a person down who's just, a, they're just nervous as they first flight, they're about to freak out and open the door. How do you actually calm that person down and say, hey, it's going to be okay? Someone once told me, this is Jacqueline, someone once told me, while we're having this show, for example, that every 30 seconds an airplane is landing or taking off safely. That's a phenomenal record, and that's something mm-hmm. for everyone to remember. And that, like that. usually that usually calms a person down. You know, we'll have a talk. We'll say, how long do you think we've been talking? Oh, about three or four minutes. Well, how many airplanes do you think have taken off safely and landed safely since we've been talking? Every 30 right. seconds, somewhere around the world. So that kind of calms them down. That's true. Also, I think um, a lot of them, when they come on, you have them talk to the pilots. That kind of help. That helps also to calm them down a little bit. Some of them ask to talk to the pilots, or usually I would suggest you know they talk to the pilots, and that kind of that calms them down also. Okay, great. And just yeah. addressing them, you know, you know, making their feelings valid. Okay, giving them some time, just talking to them, that Caring. usually calms them down. Yes, Caring. absolutely. Caring. Yeah. Okay. Big part of the job. And I know there's also uh, you have minors flying. Uh, that's another scary task. Now you're responsible not only uh, 150 people on the flight. Now you're responsible for someone's child. Uh, do you run to any experience that they're afraid of flying or anything that you can share about that or dealing with a minor? Like a minor alone. Yeah, yeah some of them are so, oh, some of them are so used to doing it that yeah, they're experienced yeah. <laughs> yeah, travelers. They're, I was going to say they're that they're seasoned travelers. Yeah. <laughs> they're business, they're business people. Yeah, <laughs> they are so to, used to it. I rarely get any um, unaccompanied minors that are afraid to fly. They're just so used to it. Same here, even internationally. Yeah. So you, that's one of some of your best passengers. Hey, give uh, I don't want nothing. Don't give me a drink. Or I have my snacks in my bag and I put my earphones and it's mm-hmm. like business travel. Don't bother me, right? Right. They are business travel. A lot of them are. <laughs> they got it down to a science. Oh wow. Uh, the last couple of things we have about a couple of minutes remaining. Um. Anything you guys want to share? And I'll put Terrence on the line. We have some interference on the line, Terrence, so give me a few seconds. I'll put you back on air. Um, uh, and this, we'll probably go like 10 minutes over, if you don't mind. But the clock will count down for the last 30 seconds in a few minutes. But anyway, 
anything that you guys want to share towards the end on expectations or what a person, you know, as a family, what to expect? You know, your flight attendant is going to be gone for a couple of days and come back or do three days, or do five days or do a week. Anything you want to share uh, on family, on the family aspect of it? Um, well, for me, I would say with the, the family aspect of it, um, being that they travel free as well, and you also get discount passes, I, I don't think we mentioned that. Most of the time, if you travel, depending on your destination and how long your layover is, you can actually take the family member with you as well. So I wouldn't see that being a problem of letting your family know that you're going to be gone for a couple of days. And most people are used to it. Yeah. It's a lifestyle. And it your, is. your family does get used to it. Yeah. And I think it has to be just as flexible. Right. I'm sorry. Exactly. And I just think this is Tabitha, but I just think as a flight attendant, um, as far as our lifestyle, our lifestyle, having this job and being in this industry is pretty much what we make it. Um, After being in the industry for a while, you kind of learn the system. So you can kind of like work it to, if you want to be home with your family a lot, you can. You know, you just have to know how to, Use the system to your advantage to do that. That's but that's great. That's excellent. That's very true. And I, I just like to say, if I may, um, that this, this January is National Mentoring Month, and I think all of us should take what we share with each other and share it with someone and mentor them and encourage someone to mm-hmm. perhaps at least go into uh, a website and and learn about this great career. It's, it's great opportunities. It's just it's a wonderful profession. And I'd also mm-hmm. like to mention that, again, there are many aviation organizations out there that are willing to mentor and to guide you and to help you get into various positions within the airline industry because there are many, many departments that help make that airplane take off and land safely. Yes. Okay. Uh, Please last, visit our website. <laughs> okay, no problem. Uh, last two things real quick regarding um, health. And um, I heard a comment on board one time, uh, an IFB. What is an IFB? I'm not familiar with that. <laughs> I'm not familiar yeah. with that. I, Me neither. IFB? IFB. In-flight boyfriend or in-flight girlfriend. Oh. <laughs> oh, that sounds like your terminology. Oh, no, right, that one. Right. That's a new one. That's a new one. Yeah, you're educating us. Thank you. Oh, wow. Like, but there uh, are husband, you know what? But there are husband and wife teams that fly together, flight attendants, pilots and, and flight attendants that fly together, boyfriend and yeah. girlfriends that fly together. I don't know if that's what you mean, but. No, well, right, everybody? Yeah, someone was mentioning, say, hey, this just uh, uh, a saying, this to be funny. They say, well, um, usually there's a passenger, like if you're a teacher, if this is your favorite student, okay, this is your favorite passenger who comes in and helps the elderly put their bags up and uh, who looks good and well-groomed and so forth, uh, in-flight girlfriend, in-flight I have girlfriend. never heard. I've, I've never heard of that either. I've yeah. never I heard, heard of that. You have to let us know where you got that term from. Because none of us know. You know where they get that term from? You know where they get that term from? That term was on Virgin Airlines um, show, Fly Girls. 
There you the girl, go. There was a cute oh. passenger who who she kept going and giving drinks to, and they started calling him her in-flight boyfriend. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. I can't okay. remember that. I just got that. Okay, Thank that's, that's that part of the thing. script, but that in reality, uh, none of us are familiar with that terminology. Yeah, that's from, no. the, that's from, that's from no. television. Well, yeah, I just wanted to add that since I was on, the, I think, the first episode. But just out of closing real quick, um, I guess we can go around the panel and start whoever wants to go first. And just any closing comments you want to give or someone to consider in that. Anybody want to go first? Well, I, I, I can start off. Not a problem. Okay. Um, I would definitely suggest going on Google and Google uh, flight attendant um, jobs and responsibilities. That way you'll know exactly what you're doing with, I'm dealing with. I'm sorry. Um, also, you have to be aware of pay. You have to be aware of the days off. You have to be aware, aware of definitely your reserve system. You want to check into a different company and see what their reserve system is like. So that's an important part. And see if they would fit in your lifestyle. And I, you know, I think that's where the mentoring comes in. I think if if you have an opportunity to mentor someone on a one-on-one, and you're in the industry, or you know someone that's in the industry, take the time to sit down with that person and explain those terminologies that some of our listeners don't know. Like they don't know what a reserve is, they don't know what a red eye is. There's a a whole glossary of airline terminology that we've been discussing in this conversation that a lot of our listeners don't have a clue about. So I think it's up to us to help do that on the serious side. Correct. Um, this is Tabitha, and I just want to say that a lot of a lot of people um, have a misconception of flight attendants and what we're actually here for and what we do. So, I mean, again, just, you know, just want listeners to know that flight attendants are mainly here for your safety. You know, we're here for your safety, and... Yeah, we 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 like to be treated with respect just as much as anybody else does. And um, the another thing is, a lot of flight attendants, as far as being a flight attendant, you have a lot of opportunities. I'm back in school. A lot of flight attendants are in school online, so it gives you an opportunity to do a lot of other things that you want to do. So we're just not um, flight attendants. I mean, we're more than flight attendants. There are flight attendants that are nurses, lawyers. I mean. We all have different careers other than just being a flight attendant. Some people, you know, just think we're just flight attendants, but we're so much more. So we're I aviation professionals. Yeah, that's, that's what we are. That we're aviation here. professionals. There are many of us that make up this entire industry, and right. if someone tells you that your job is not its work, uh, just look at that airplane that's up in that air and think about who put it together, who made it take off the land, and and who's who's up there? What are they doing up there? Somebody yeah. up there has been trained to take care of you, to care about you, to tend to you in case there is an emergency or safety situation or medical situation, and that's what we're trained for. We're trained to be aviation professionals. And in, and in this particular instance, we are, we are aviation professionals as flight attendants or safety professionals. Exactly. Okay, okay. Any, any, any uh, anybody else come in before we make an uh, announcement real quick? And also, um, this is Tanita. Um, we were talking about how flexible the job is. If you're interested in the job, please do your research. Like Terrence was talking about reserve and different things, uh, terminologies that we use. 
research that because just as flexible as the job is, you have to be flexible to the company because you are there for them. So there's a lot of different terminologies that you probably want to research. Just do your homework. And if you know a flight attendant, use them as a resource. Talk to them. Get to know what their day-to-day activity is like. Uh, How do they maintain? We don't have a scheduled lunch break or anything. Just talk to them. Really understand not only are you a fit for the job, but is the job a fit for you? Because it it very well could not be. So just do your homework and and do your research there. Okay, let's go on. uh, Again, this uh, just mentioned your website, uh, Jacqueline, where they can go to get this information from again. You can go to blackflightattendants.org, but I'd also like to invite everyone that's listening to the National Convention of Aviation Professionals in August. It will be in Las Vegas, and there will be many, many aviation organizations, mentors, interviews, uh, all kinds of wonderful uh, opportunities for everyone that's listening that's interested in this industry. And if you want more information, please contact us on, on our website, blackflightattendants.org. And thank you so much for having this conversation with us. We appreciate it. We hope the listeners have learned about our aviation professionalism. Great. Um, Lastly, I think you sent me a flyer yesterday celebrating 100 years of black aviation. It's going to be on September, I'm sorry, February 4th at 2 p.m. in Fort Worth. So I'll put that on the website as well. Yes, the American Airlines Museum. They actually have a segment on black aviation. And I'd like to mention that um, the organization that I'm in promotes careers in aviation to um, the the youth of this country, and our motto is serving the skies in the community and promoting black history in aviation. Great, great. Great, we'll leave it at that. Again, this broadcast can be found on iTunes, Podcast Store, Podcast Pickle, uh, blog feed and on Apple Capital Group and as well as Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the opportunity. Taryn. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was a great thank you so much. It was a pleasure for the past uh, 70 minutes and uh, if you have any questions uh, you can just email us at info at Apple Capital Group. Great. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you everybody. Thank have you. a great day. Have thank a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 Happy flying and thanks flying, guys. <laughs> Bye. You too. Bye-bye. How do you think that went? Extremely well. What do you think? Okay. Okay. Great. That's it. So it wasn't hard? I know it wasn't hard. It wasn't the fact that it was going to be hard. Yeah. It was the fact of what? Communication. Exactly. Okay. And what is your problem with me? Communication. Okay. Okay. What? What? With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.